Look, it is so good to be here at Elevate Church. I've had a, a very warm welcome, even though it's somewhat of a, a wet day. Got in here and it was just a, there's just a lot of love in the place. The, the worship was absolutely brilliant. And at the end of the day, isn't it true that, look, everything you do in worship is fantastic. The screens, your team, the vocals, everything is just like, wow. You sort of helped me and helped us come into the presence of God. And really that's what it's all about. It's to Him, for Him, because of Him, about Him. And so it was just great having a, an amazing time of worship and just sensing I'm in a place that's going somewhere. I'm in a, a church that's not a museum. Sometimes churches can talk about the good old days and they want to preserve everything and it's like going into museum. Whereas this church is a movement. This church, you love your past. Past is great. What's happening today is good, but the future is very, very bright and you are a church that is moving. It was in 1988, well before some of you were born, that I'm living my life in Sydney. Grown up in Sydney, uh, went to uh, a college, a theological college in Sydney for four years to be a youth pastor. That was uh, my sense of calling. And so in the final year, you get together with the principal and he says, where do you sense, or where would you be open to for a calling? And I said, I'll be open anywhere in Sydney. Uh, particularly anywhere within a five kilometre radius of the beach. <laughs> My first possibility was a place called Wagga Wagga, which is a really long way from Sydney, a long way from the beach. And I, uh, I went, but I didn't think that was right. And then I got a phone call from a guy called Graham Carslake at Warwick Church of Christ saying, we're looking for a youth pastor. So Warwick, that, that's, that's on the other side of Australia. I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. Uh, if you know of places like Blacktown and Parramatta, it's real blue collar. And what, I'm gonna go further west? And long story short, I got on the Indian Pacific and I went from the east side with my tan colored Gemini. Yeah, I'm a man's man. And I made my way all the way over to Perth, Western Australia. And for nearly five years, I was a youth pastor and I experienced something that we all experience in life. Life is all about change and transition. Life is always about going from one season to the next season, one level to the next level, one stage to the next stage, one experience to the next experience, one challenge to the next experience. Life is all about crossing over to the other side. And we actually need some skills. We need some insight in how do we do this journey to the other side? How do we cross over from what is known and familiar into something that is unknown, unconventional and unfamiliar because it doesn't come naturally. We are created almost, and maybe it's part of our fallen nature, that we are in our very essence, we, we like it safe. I mean, there are some radical people out there who are entrepreneurial who always go into a new thing, but for most of us, we like, I like it here. I know everyone, they know me, and I know where the shops are. I know, you know, when I'm driving, everything is familiar. And it can even happen in church. You find a church, you sit in the same place, you park your car in the same place, you know how it all goes. This is really good, but there are times that God says, I want you to go to the other side. It's like, Oh, 
but it's so good here, it's so safe. And so we're gonna look at some scripture where Jesus takes His disciples to the other side and we have almost a map uh, navigation or some points that we can learn from that will help us all during those times of life, we have to go to the other side. So we read in Luke chapter eight, verse 22, one day Jesus said to His disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat, set out. As they, um, as they sailed, He fell asleep. A squall, which is, I appreciate the sound effects, I don't know how you do that. Sounds like you we're in this squall, came on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke Him, that is Jesus saying, Master, Master, you know, these are professional disciples, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind, stop. Yeah, no. <laughs> God and I, I tell you what, we are just like that. That is amazing. Mark, if you're listening to this, well, you had to be here. I just, I just stopped the rain. <clears throat> he got up, oh yeah, we, we did that. And anyhow, he said, where is your faith? He asked his disciples in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this that Rob can even command the rain to stop? No, 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 sorry. <laughs> Who is this that Jesus, <laughs> it's all about Jesus, not remember, uh, that even the winds and the water, they obeyed Him. They sailed to the region of the uh, Gerasenes or the, anyhow, it's an interesting place, which is across the lake from Galilee. So long story short, it's all happening here. This is the west side. This is where Judea is, Jerusalem, Galilee. This is, even though it's the left side, it's the right side, if you know what I mean. Right as in, it's the correct doctrine. These guys have got all their doctrine right. This is the side of Judaism. This is the side of civilization. This is the side where we and God are like that. And everything is happening on this side. Jesus is healing people. He's casting out demons. He's raising the dead. He's preaching. He's even been radical to go to the other side in Samaria because Jews don't go into Samaria, but Jesus went into Samaria. Samaria, spoke to a woman, ministered to a woman as a result of her revival in Samaria. So everything is happening on this side. It's all going well. And on one day, in the midst of revival, Jesus says, I think it's time for you to be stretched again. Now, these disciples have gone from fishermen, tax collectors, doing the ordinary stuff of life to now they're following Jesus. And Jesus is not the easiest person to follow. He's always moving. And just when you think you figured him out, ah, oh, he healed on the Sabbath. Why? Why don't you do it on a Monday? Why do you always have to do it on a Saturday? It's just, I like doing it on Saturday because all the religious people get stirred up and, oh man. And then it's like, lepers don't go to lepers. Oh, he's going, okay, he's going to lepers. He's healing lepers. Oh, it's just like, Children, don't worry about children. They should be seen, not heard. Okay, they're on his lap. He's blessing them. Trying to figure this guy out. It's all happening. And one day Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Now for us, it's more than going from the west side to the east side. Like when I came here from Sydney to Perth, one thing I realised is there's a thing called the river. <laughs> And there's the north side and the south side. And I knew that geographically, but I didn't realise it was 
this is the best side. Oh, no, 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 this is the best side. So when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, it wasn't like, let's go from Joondal up to Applecross, because that's not really that big a deal. Although in my first year at Warwick, I remember talking to a youth pastor saying, oh, I'm catching up with a youth pastor. He lives in Rockingham. We're gonna meet sort of halfway in Applecross for coffee. You're in Padbury and you're going to go to Applecross to have a cup of coffee? Like you're going on the other side of it. It's like, it's just a river. But anyhow, <laughs> Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And the disciples saying, uh, Jesus, there's only this side. As kids, our parents told us about the other side. They said, whatever you do, do not go to the other side. And every now and then, because we're kids, we sort of, oh yeah, oh, we're on the other side. But the other side is called the Decapolis. It's made up of 10 pagan cities. There are some Jews who have ventured on the other side, but they're basically, they cannot go to the temple. They can't come back to this side. They are spiritually unclean. This side is the dark side. It's the pagan side. And yet Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And so you can imagine the disciples thinking, just when we thought we figured him out, you know, we, we dealt with the woman situation, the Samaritan situation, we dealt with this. Well, why do you want to do that? And what it shows me, there are times that we can be in a time of growth and expansion. For the disciples, they are in a time of even, you call it revival, and yet that can become familiar. We can become familiar with growth. We can become familiar with success that God is saying, I wanna break your paradigm. I wanna stretch your faith and I wanna take you to a place you've never been before. I want you to go to the other side. So Jesus said, let us go to the other side. I'm so glad it's an invitation. It's not a command. He doesn't say, I'm gonna stay on this side. You get in a boat, you go on the other side. It's an invitation saying, let's come to the other side. Because Jesus knows the Father is already on this side. God is wholly present on this side and this side. And God is actually doing a work in a particular man on this side that the disciples don't even know about. And so Jesus is saying, let us. I'm gonna go to the other side, but I think it'd be really good if you join me. It's an invitation, it's an adventure. I'm so glad in 1994, Jesus said to my wife, Karen, I, let us go to the other side. I want you to leave Warwick Church of Christ and I want you to do something you've never done before. I want you to plant a church, start it from scratch in your home with about 15 people. And when we grew to about 20, it was like revival, we, we thought, let's just go public and see what happens. And so we, rather than going for the conventional, you know, a, a school, a, you know, a scout hall, we thought, why don't we start a church in the pub? So we went to the Indie Bistro, tables, chairs. I played acoustic guitar. It was great in those days because most of the choruses were two chords. And, and quite, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, and so I'm, you know, leading worship and my wife Karen is, 
Oh, bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord. And then I did the announcements and then I did a preach and then it was 11 o'clock, it was the happy hour. And so all the locals came and they had their beer and we had um, leftover muffins and donuts. And would you like a donut with your beer? And it was just great. But there was a long time. I was very content at Warwick Church Christ, my new youth pastor. I got, you know, it was just, it was, it got safe. And yet Jesus said, hey, why don't you go to the other side and do something completely radical, unconventional, start a church in a pub. A pub, a bar, a tavern. (laughs) So that's all going well. Lots of crazy things are happening, but even that became familiar. So in 2015, for a whole lot of reasons, I'm so glad that Jesus said to Karen, I want you to close down C3 Beachway. I want you to take it out the back, put it out, you know, just put it down. And then I want you to relaunch, restart a new church. There's no blueprint for shooting a church, killing it, putting it down and starting again. But anyhow, we did that. Late 2016, I'm so glad that Jesus said to Kara and I, I think it's time to cross over again, go to the other side. And I haven't a clue what's on the other side. All I know, I'm actually preaching this message in a season where I, we haven't, we're not there yet. We're sort of still crossing over. I know I'm writing a book I know I'm meant to do that. I started a website and I know I've got a message to deal with mental health issues, uh, but I don't know what it exactly it looks like, but I'm just so glad it's not just Karen and I going, hey, let's just give it a crack. We've heard an invitation, Jesus saying, hey, time to go on the other side. I'm so glad that Jesus goes with us. So let us go to the other side. You see, Jesus is the master of the other side. He's always going to the other side. We forget that he is there with the Father in heaven in all of his glory. And the Father said, hey, let us go to the other side. Let's go to planet earth. I'm gonna cover you in flesh and blood. I'm gonna allow you for about 33 years to be fully God, fully man and bring my kingdom in. And when Jesus came on the earth and he began his ministry, he was always crossing over. He was crossing over. I'm gonna heal people on the Sabbath. I'm gonna go to Samaria. I'm gonna turn water into wine. Or if you're another denomination, I'm gonna turn wine into water if that's too offensive. But let's go to the other side. Why do we, why, why does Jesus always wanna take us on this journey to the other side? One of the reasons is we're stuck. There's nothing wrong with being on this side, but there are times it becomes safe, it becomes comfortable, it becomes predictable. And God is saying, growth is in the stretch. You don't get a lot of growth by sitting on a lounge chair and just, ah, kumbaya, my Lord. It just doesn't, God wants to take us to the other side because we are stuck. We might be stuck in our faith. You're saved, you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you've been coming to this church for a long time, but there's something where your your time with God becomes familiar, everything is so familiar, and Jesus saying, you're restless, you're discontent, and the only way there's gonna be change is I'm going to invite you to experience something far deeper, something so profound that it's gonna blow your mind. And part of, for Karen and I, our journey in the church 
was taking people to the other side to another culture for a five days, 10 days. We had about 100 people in, in over a number of years who have done a short-term mission trip. You know, they're the great Christian people, they're part of the church, they're involved, but they were stuck. Everything became familiar until they went to Uganda or they went to India and all of a sudden, whoa, everything changed. I can remember one person in the church great lady involved in the church, parents are Christians, and she just said, oh, my time with God is, I'm just stuck in my devotions, my quiet times. Anyone do quiet times? They're great, but she said, you know, I read a chapter, I do this, I do that. Now, don't quote me on this. Don't tell tell Mark I said this, but my counsellor, and I've only done this once, I said, stop having a quiet time. So, what? Probably some of you go, what? I said, stop having a quiet time. Keep connecting with God. But maybe God is saying, I'm going to take you to another way of encountering me that's not your normal read the chapter, do this and do that. Why don't you, rather than reading a chapter, why don't you read a verse? Why don't you read a verse from a translation you've never read from before and just chew chew on that? Rather than sitting in your room praying, why don't you go for a walk? Why don't you do? And it was almost like, I want, I think Jesus is saying, I want to just break a paradigm. You're stuck spiritually. And sometimes when you're stuck, you're waiting God to get you unstuck, but there's something in, you've got to do a crossover. You've got to go to the other side and do something completely different. I love this quote from a guy called Paul Scanlon. If you want to have something that you've never had, then you've got to do something you've never done. I love that. I wish I'd said that. If you want to do something that you've never had, then you've got to do something you've never done. You see, sometimes we just get stuck. We we become institutionalised almost in our faith. We become civilised in our faith. We become safe in our faith. So one of the reasons why God wants us to continually go to the new, to the other side, is we're stuck. The second reason is going to disturb some of you somewhat. The second reason that Jesus wants us to go to the other side is because we're pregnant. Yes, in God's kingdom, men get pregnant. You are pregnant. There are times God puts a seed even on the inside of a man, a vision, a dream. And with that, it's not just, oh, I've got a dream. It's just like, oh, I am so restless. I'm so shattered. I'm so discontent. It's like, that's part of the dream because what he's doing is you are pregnant and the only place that you can give birth is not here. You need to go to the other side. You need to go somewhere unfamiliar, unconventional, unpredictable, and you'll give birth to a vision. I think that's pretty amazing. Isaiah said, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. In verse 23 of Luke chapter eight, as I sailed, he fell asleep. There was a great squall down on the lake. The boat was swamped. They were in great danger. So finally the disciples said, yes, we'll go on the other side. Sometimes think, I am stagnant. I'm pregnant. I'm going on the other side. But during the journey, there's a storm. Yeah, it's not Julie Andrews, you know, their their hills are filled with the sound of the music. The hills are alive. It's not like that. It's sometimes a brutal storm. And not just 
one front. It's usually several fronts. It could be emotional. It could be uh, relational. And all of a sudden you, okay, I'm gonna go to the other side and bang, you're in this storm. So I thought you were with me. It's like I am. Now the disciples, they're going on the other side, they're on the boat. Some of these are brave fishermen, but this storm is the worst storm ever. And you think, well, it's a lake. How bad can it get? Well, they've recorded 10 metre waves in the middle of the Sea of Galilee during a bad storm. It can get really ugly. Jesus is asleep. Are ever times you're in a storm? Okay, I'm gonna go to the other side. There's a storm. Hello, hello, hello. It's just like, where are you? Now, my theology might be a little wonky, but I wonder if Jesus was really asleep. I wonder if he was pretending to sleep and he just had a... <laughs> it's so good. Go farther, make it worse. Come on, intensify. I love hearing them. Oh, we're drowning. He's like, yeah, keep going. No, I don't know. He may have been asleep. <laughs> but what is that? Could there be times that it appears God is asleep because he wants us to be awake? And he wants us to get on the boat and he wants us to speak to the storm and he wants us to have this sense of faith of, he's telling me I'm going to the other side. So if I have to go through a storm, so be, but I know I'm gonna get through that time. There was a time in our life, probably a period of a few years, my dad died of prostate cancer. Uh, There were a lot of financial issues in the church. My daughter, who was about 16 at the time, was diagnosed with type one diabetes. We had a $100,000 investment, and I'm not really that adventurous, but a Christian friend sort of convinced me this is a a really good thing, and he and I and a few other people lost $100,000 each. But then for myself personally, I was having a meeting with a leader, all going well, you know, had a couple of other leaders, but this is a a big gun from C3 um, on the other side, on the eastern side. And we're having a meal and all of a sudden, something happened on the inside. It felt like I was gonna have a heart attack. And then I was having trouble breathing. And then just something in me snapped where I had to run and I ran out of the restaurant. And uh, apparently I wasn't there at the time, but he said to my wife, "Uh, you look after that couple because they're freaking out. My wife is going, "What, what was that? He comes into the car and I am crying uncontrollably. I'm freaking out. I felt like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Long story short, uh, I shared it with someone in our church who's very um, involved in mental health. And she said, oh, Rob, you just had a full-on panic attack. Panic attack? Is that the the paper bag thing? (laughs) She said, well, it's a little bit more involved in that. And she said, basically what you'll have to do is you'll need some counselling. Isn't there a tablet? Like, yeah, it's like, so I went to the council the next day. Long story short, um, I went in for my first session, said, this is what happened. Uh, is there a tablet? Uh, ca- can you fix it? Ca- ca- is, this, is there a Rob? You know, it's almost like, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob. Uh, th- there is something behind this. It's very manageable, but this is going to be a long journey for you. And it was a very long journey. After about a year and a half, two years of counselling and times where I was improving, times when I wasn't. After about a couple of years, it was like, whoa, I haven't had a panic attack for months. I'm back. It's so good. Took our family on a lovely holiday to the Gold Coast. I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. 
And about half an hour before we started to land, out of nowhere, it happened again. Now, normally when you have a severe panic attack in a restaurant, wherever, you, you leave. It's okay, you leave and within a couple of minutes, oh, that was horrible, horrible feeling. They're, they're, it's, it's a terrifying experience. I'm in a plane, I can't, hello, I need to <laughs> jump. It's just like, I'm with my kids, I'm, you know, I don't want them to be, um, just, and so for the whole time, I'm freaking out, tr- trying to control my breathing, and by that time, I, my mind is going, okay, that's it, I'm disqualified, I'm out of ministry, blah, blah, blah. So that was happening in the midst of everything. But you see, there's something in the journey. There is something profound in the storm. We, when we hear, go to the other side, you're stuck, you're pregnant, you think, great, I'm just gonna go to the other side. It's, no, 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 you, you, there's a journey. Ever been on a journey? Ever, have you heard the word process? Oh, I, I don't like process. Because we want the destination. I wanna get this vision, I wanna be unstuck. I wanna be free of panic attacks. It's like, yeah, but... Rob, there is something in the day by day, those small steps that are so profound. And there are times it feels like you're going backwards, but at the end of the day, you are going somewhere new and profound and you can't get to the other side unless you go through the storm first. If you just go to the other side without the storm, you're not gonna cope in the other side. I am preparing you for the new on the other side through the storms, through the process. The other thing we learn about other side is when you arrive, you don't necessarily get a welcome party. You think when you finally go from being an employee to an entrepreneur, you're gonna be single, finally, you're married, you're going to, you know, whatever it is, you don't always go, yeah, welcome to the other side. Because Jesus, when he took his disciples to the other side, he was met with this crazy guy. Now, as Western people, we read this as this man who is a little bit, you know, not well. Now, I've been to Greylands many times, not as a patient, but as a pastor. There are times I thought I might have ended up in Greylands. Pastoral ministry can be really bad for your health. But there are times at Greylands, you're in a locked ward and you meet the guy who's part of your church who's got some issues, but highly medicated. But there is a little red button and you press it if you feel that your life is threatened. So I sat down with my mate and he's doing this, and then he goes, you can see it, can't you? I go, what? There was a magazine. You can see them. You can see them. You can see them. Oh, the red button. No, but I, I start, you know, trying to you know, deal with that. And it was like, no, this is far worse. They're met with a man who is not medicated, hasn't had counselling. Put all of the gospel accounts together, we know several things. We don't know his name. We know he is profoundly demonised. Like, we're not talking about a demon, we're talking about a multitude of demons. His life is tormented, it's fragmented, he hasn't had a shave, who knows, for several years, hasn't had a bath for several years, his hair is not beautiful, uh, dreadlocks, you know, trendy little beads and shells. It, it's just matted, disease, riddled with nets. It's probably a bird's nest. It is just, he's naked. Okay, no imagination there not pretty, and he is cutting himself constantly with rocks, not razor blades, not a a Stanley knife, he hasn't got that, so he's got rocks, and he's constantly cutting himself, and so this man is bruised, he's got open wounds, there's pus, he's drooling, and then that's the greeting, it's like, you can imagine for the disciples, went through the storm, 
Great, I knew it. That's why we didn't want to go to the other side. There's crazy people here. And yet from Jesus' perspective, this whole journey was about one person. Jesus was not intimidated. Jesus was not offended. And just in a moment, this man is in his right mind. They clothe him and the locals go, what was that? Time to go back on the other side. And you can imagine this guy, oh, Jesus, please take me, take me. He says, no, I'm, I'm gonna leave you here. Wherever you go, just share your story. Jesus goes with the disciples to the other side. It could have been months later. Hey, let's go to the other side. Oh, here we go. Yes, Jesus. Great. Row, row. And oh, that way, row, row. They get there. There's a welcome party. There are all these people that have brought their sick and their demonised friends because word has got out that Jesus is going. Jesus goes back to the Decapolis and the whole spiritual atmosphere of the place has changed because of one demonic man who was released through the power of the love of Jesus. Unbelievable. If you wanna have something you've never had, then you're gonna have to do something you've never done. Jesus is inviting you, let us go to the other side. Jared, if you could come up for a moment. In a moment, I'd like to give an invitation. I don't want you to hear it as an invitation Rob is giving, but rather, I want you to hear now the resurrected, ascended, exalted Christ seated at the right hand of the Father and He's still saying, giving the same invitation. Hey, let us go to the other side. This line has been quite a visual about what it is to go to the other side, crossing over from the Judea side to the other side. It was a visual of me going from the east side of Sydney to the west side of Perth. But we've also got a line down here. And I know you don't normally do this and it's probably a once off, but I feel it fits really well. Sometimes we as humans, we need something visual. And so there is a line and where you are seated, seated is good. It's not bad, it's good, but some of you feel stuck, spiritually stuck. You're stuck in your marriage. It's becoming familiar, it's becoming stale. You're you're stuck in your business. You're, You're stuck in your walk with the Lord. There's an area in which you feel stuck. Others of you, There's something stirring on the inside. There's a vision, there's a restlessness, there's a discontent, there's a frustration. You used to think it was a bad attitude, but now you think, I think I'm pregnant. I think there's something going on. And Jesus saying, let's go to the other side. And it's always the first step that's the hardest. Because it's amazing. There's a little principle and it says, move, Movement leads to momentum. You just gotta start moving and then you start moving and before you know it, you've got momentum, but it's that first, 
And so there's an invitation while this music is playing. If you are stuck, if you are pregnant with a, a, a vision, if you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus, I'm going to invite you over these next few moments to do something radical, just like those first disciples. I'm gonna ask you to get out of your chair and cross this line to the other side. And I'm gonna close with a word of prayer. And that's just your first step. Let me warn you in advance, there's every chance as you walk into the new, there are going to be storms, there are gonna be setbacks, but it's all part of the journey God is going to increase your faith and your capacity so that you are ready for the new. So is there anyone this morning that you feel Jesus is inviting you to get out of your seat and just now step over the line? I invite you now, Jesus invites you now. Sometimes just one or two people releases faith for others. That's awesome. Cross over the other side. That's it. You know, in one sense, it's, it's just a bit of masking tape. You can take it home if you'd like. Souvenir. But this in the kingdom is profound. It's very courageous. Awesome. Wow. That's so good. There's plenty of room. Oh, Jesus going, yes, I'm still doing it. I'm still about the other side. I'm still taking people on adventure. So Father God, we come to You in the name of Jesus, the Jesus who went from heaven to earth, who went from the west side of the lake to the east side. Thank You that Jesus lived so much of His ministry in the smoking section of society. He spent so much of His time with those that for many religious people were offended by. And Lord, I wanna pray now in the Name of Jesus for every person that's walked over this white line, that it's more than a white line, that they are walking into the new. They're letting go of the old, the old was good, but it's now the past, you're doing something new. And I pray that you would make it very clear to them what their next step is. Thank You for that spirit of faith and adventure. For those who are stagnant, for those who are pregnant, for those who just sense God is saying, I wanna take you deeper that you may go further. You are radical disciples of Jesus. And Jesus would be saying to you today, welcome to the other side. Let the journey begin. And all of God's people said,